doing an evaluation on what's most important to you right now. And then when you look at those things, you can also just check in with yourself and look at the time sensitivity of each of those things, right? What needs to happen right now? What needs to happen in the near future or what's actually not even important and you can just cross off the list. Welcome to the Path Podcast. I'm Mike Salemi. I believe that uncharted trails make the best life stories. So take a deep breath, put one foot in front of the other, and trust the ground under your feet. Join me in discussions on health, performance, business, leadership, and spiritual self-mastery because these topics are windows into how well each of us have learned to trust our own path. Let's go. This is a Soul Fire production. Today, we are back for another solo cast. Today's inspiration for the episode actually comes from my son, Luca. This is a topic that I've been meditating on for a long time now. And you're going to get firsthand insight into my process of something that I'm going through right now. And it deals with moments of overwhelm or moments when there's maybe some potential chaos that I'm experiencing inside as a result of, of how I'm interpreting the outside world. And that's not to say that I'm not loving being a father. In fact, that's actually my number one. Like I'm completely blown away by this little guy and being a dad. And it does come with things like lack of sleep. It does come with, you know, additional responsibilities. And and I absolutely want to show up for him, show up for my wife, Lauren, show up for myself, show up for the people that I serve. And so this, this feeling of overwhelm is something that I've been present to from time to time. Uh, now, probably more so than not all other moments in my life, but it's just something I'm very present to right now. And it's something that I've had many conversations with men, with some podcast hosts as well. And I wanted just to share with you what I'm genuinely going through right now and also what I've learned that's been very supportive to me. So we're going to discuss this topic of developing a relationship with overwhelm. What are some tools, tips, strategies, for example, that you can use to support yourself in managing it? and developing a greater level of capacity. And no matter potentially what chaos you're experiencing, how in a very short amount of time and also in the long run, how can you support yourself through this? So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's dive right in. Just the other day was Luca's 12 weeks of life. And in these 12 weeks, and even before that, one of the things that's been very present to me is how much I feel life has been calling me up, uh, both heading into his birth and then now afterwards. And when I was reflecting on the topic that I wanted to go into and share with you today, there's been this feeling that's been with me for a long time, but I also experience it maybe at a heightened level right now, being a dad and the roles and the responsibilities and the phase of life that I'm in. And in the conversations that I've had with many men coming to the retreats that we run, uh, but also just simply friends out there, colleagues, this feeling of overwhelm is something that if you are a human being, I imagine at some point in your life or with some regularity, you are going to experience overwhelm or you have experienced overwhelm. And so in today's uh, podcast, I wanted to share just a little bit of what I've been going through and also just share some of the 
authentic tools that have been really supportive to me and really just understanding this this feeling of overwhelm that tends to be present in in many of our lives and so with that being said you know probably the the first thing to to clarify or the first thing to discuss is one it's totally normal <laughs> as i mentioned if you're a human being or especially if you've got any level of responsibility or you are achieving specific goals in your life, you're trying to level yourself up, uh, you're going to be meeting your edges. I would be surprised, honestly, if you didn't experience overwhelm at some point in your life and don't have a relationship already to it. You know, I'd be surprised at that. But I think that's really also the key is one, having the awareness of, of what we're actually experiencing in that moment, being able to identify it, but also really just developing a relationship to it and with it. And for example, I mean, really, when you think about it, we are not in control of so many things outside of us. However, what we are in control of is is how we interpret those things, our relationship to it, how we cope with things, the strategies we utilize, our inner resource to navigate the situation, no matter the chaos that's around us, that actually is something that we do have control over. I'm not saying it's easy by no means, which is also the reason for today's episode is because I have been challenged uh, quite often with this relationship to feeling overwhelmed and with the amount of things, responsibilities and supporting family and and of course being a new dad which comes with its own many 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 blessings, uh, but also challenges. You know, just being real. So with that being said, I think the best thing that any of us could do, irregardless of who it is, in those moments of when overwhelm's coming up, in those moments when you don't have time to think about a specific strategy or deconstruct or really spend time in kind of uh, unwinding or there's not time to really be in a safe space to really feel what's coming up, as beautiful as that would be, First and foremost is developing an awareness that you are in or I am in that space, okay, which oftentimes is hard to to come to that conclusion because it it is just like the word says very overwhelming uh, just when I think of that word or feel into that word it for me at least my response is to just to freeze now that's my personal coping mechanism to flight or to freeze uh, and sometimes even to facade, but first and foremost is to recognize that it's happening but then in those moments pausing and breathing. I don't think there's been one time that I can recall since I've been aware of moments of overwhelm when I really feel like I'm at I'm at my capacity and I'm basically overflowing. Not overflowing with energy, overflowing with with the amount that I can handle in that moment. I can't honestly recall a time where pausing if I had the time and the space, but even if it's for literally one breath, pausing for one good inhale, one good exhale, and especially on that exhale, lengthening it. And also, uh, especially if I'm in a place where I can, I'll make some noise. And it might sound something like this. <sighs> Just something audible to actually feel a little bit of that release with that exhale. So I'll, I'll always, to the best of my ability, be aware of what's happening. Take a pause, even if it's just for one breath, but ideally for a few minutes and just simply breathe. And if I have the ability to exit the environment that I'm in, so for example, if I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm in my office, 
just simply getting out of my office, changing the space, changing the environment, getting outside, getting the sun on our face, getting just simply standing up. If you've been working all day at your desk and you're feeling overwhelmed, just get up and go for a walk and just see what happens when you return to your work in 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. I mean, it's really astounding. Just simply that, just changing the, just changing your state via the environment and regulating your nervous system with your breath and taking the pause to giving yourself a peace point. My gosh, that, that in and of itself can do wonders for you. It's done wonders for me. So I just want to put that out there and just give a brief tip or strategy that you can use in the moment, whether you have plenty of time or you don't have time in these moments of overwhelm. And being a new dad, one of the, the luxuries that I'm probably most limited on right now, not luxuries uh, actually, but it feels like a luxury, is sleep. Not surprisingly, uh, when you have an infant, sleep is just, I mean, it's so precious. And I have to give a huge, huge shout out and just some words of appreciation and acknowledgement for Lauren because we've really come up with a system that feels really good. We were really in a good flow. And uh, what that looks like is actually Lauren basically staying in our room and, and nursing Luca during the night because he gets up at certain points during the night. And for at least a solid chunk of time, uh, me sleeping in another room. Now, I only bring that up because we've really had to brainstorm and try things out because, I mean, anyone, sleep is absolutely critical for anyone. And with the amount of, for example, responsibilities and the level that I feel called to perform. And then also just my own inherent biological needs for sleep. I've always, since I was a child, my mom would always say like, man, uh, no matter where my parents took me, I'd be sleeping everywhere, everywhere. And I've always been, uh, sleep's been such a key thing for me. And I really do believe it's played a pivotal role in uh, what it's supported me in doing performance-wise and recovery-wise. So with that being said, one of the things that I've noticed, even when I'm getting a solid chunk of a few hours in another room sleeping soundly, even then just I mean, my sleep is down. And when sleep's down, it's it's a direct link to reducing vitality. Now, what that means is there's other areas too where, you know, that, that we can kind of pick up some of the slack. I mean, you don't, you can never, like from my understanding, you can never recoup sleep that you lost. So it's not like, uh, you know, if I get four hours one night and then I sleep 12 the next night, well, that might be amazing. That's definitely not going to happen, by the way. Well, that might be amazing. You can't really recoup for those those four hours that you got the, the night before. Side note related as well, I've been wearing mouth tape. And it's so drastically different when I sleep with mouth tape and breathe in through my nose, uh, breathe in and out through my nose versus breathing in and out through my mouth. And just that, with the uh, limited hours of sleep and really working on things like sleep hygiene, making the room dark, uh, checking the temperature in the room, uh, wearing mouth tape, or just ensuring that your nasal breathing, those are all just a few things that you can utilize so that at least if sleep is limited, which I bring this all up because our vitality, whether it's our sleep, our nutrition, our hydration, uh, sunlight, the, all of those things will impact our level of capacity, our level of resource, our level of resiliency to which will either hinder or put us in a more favorable spot to manage overwhelm. 
I notice on nights when I sleep the least and I'm waking up, even though I love being a papa and I'm, I would do it willingly every seven days out of seven days, it's evident at how much quicker I am to get triggered and spill into that overwhelm or feel like my capacity has hit, his li- has hit its limit. And so with that being said, whether it's in specific phases in life or just being in points of life when our roles, our responsibility, or really what is being called of us is at a very high, or there's things outside of us that are simply not in our control. You know, Maybe for whatever reason, you lose a job or uh, there's uh, emotional stress in the family. Like There's these things that really increase our likelihood to spill into overwhelm and the more vitality and the more resources we can have on hand. I mean, it's it's without question. These are the foundation principles of what make a healthy human being. And I've always believed, and I have to give a shout out to Paul Check because when I was working with him for a dedicated, I think it was like two and a half years, what I really came to realize is health and these foundation principles specifically are the foundations for high performance. And in fact, they are high performance. Uh, but this second thing of doing what we can to increase our vitality, which again, goes hand in hand with our, our ability to increase our capacity and therefore reduce feelings of overwhelm. I honestly can't state it enough. And sleep is huge. And I am a daily testament to when my sleep is compromised. And again, it, it comes with the territory and being a new dad. So I, I do it willingly. However, that doesn't make it any easier. That doesn't make it not happen. It doesn't make it not true. But you do the best you can. And I'm also in awareness that I'm not trying to compete for some big championship right now. Being a papa is my number one priority. Uh, and all of my decisions all go back to that. There is a knowing of why I'm doing what I'm doing and I wouldn't have it any other way, but that doesn't change the fact that there are plenty of times when I feel at my limit. The next thing that I wanted to discuss, now this is probably one of the most important skills and or muscles that we can develop, uh, at least from my perspective in the working world, in our homes, in our relationships, whether it's with uh, intimate partners, the outside world, like all of that stuff. And really it's, this concept of discernment. And I've been meditating a lot on this word. Now, I'm just going to share a little bit about what I've come up with. And again, this is just my perspective, but it, it's really seemed to be very helpful and make sense for me. So I did want to share it with you uh, once again, because I'm in the thick of it right now. And so these are all things that I'm testing, practicing, reflecting, getting overwhelmed by and uh, and then recycling the, the the whole process again. So with discernment, uh, there's two two major categories that we're looking at. Uh, we're looking at uh, the importance of of a given thing, and we're looking at the time sensitivity of that given thing. There's a few things that come up, really three in particular. When I'm looking at whatever it is, let's use work for example. So if I'm looking at specific things where I feel overwhelmed, meaning I feel like I can't take on anymore, what I've really realized is. There's only so many things that we can do in a day. Today, I was thinking about this. When was one of the first times that I felt overwhelmed, specifically in communications? And I actually was thinking back, and, and maybe there was a younger memory, but I was thinking back to actually in college when Facebook first came out. I think I was a freshman in college, if I recall correctly. And I remember the amount of interactions virtually 
let alone being in a new college campus, just exponentially increased from what I was normally used to. And then all of a sudden, with this exponential increase, there felt this internal pressure that I experienced to get back to people and to stay connected. And it's only grown in magnitude since then. And that's an area that I personally tend to get overwhelmed with is managing the amount of interactions that we have today and also the access that people have or that they think they have to you. Um, you know, in social media, Instagram, anybody can send you a message at any given time, you know, whether you give them your phone number or not, or not, you know, especially if your notifications are on, which mine are not. (laughs) And sometimes it takes me a long time to get back to people. And that's not necessarily something I'm proud of, but it's something that I've been working on over the years because this, there's been just this, such a high increase in the amount of potential connections that we can have. And there's, and there's beauty to that for sure. There is such, um, you know, there are so many advancements that have come with technology. However, they also come at a cost. And so what I've really felt with regards to that, there's been things that, that I've had to get really clear on. One, if if you imagine yourself or I imagine myself uh, juggling, I actually got this this analogy speaking with uh, Tyler Lafloc, who was an earlier guest on the Path Podcast, and one of the facilitators, one a dear friend of mine at the Men of Movement retreats, and something he said to me just for me really rang true. And what he was saying, and it, and relate, I'm going to relate it to this topic of discernment was if you imagine yourself juggling all these balls all these interactions, all these relationships, all these responsibilities. I mean, at some level, we're going to have to drop some. I mean, at nobody, at least in my understanding, is has the ability when we take it down to the granular level of like how many interactions we have where we there are potentially to to involve with each day, let alone all the things that we especially if you're a high achiever you want to get done and accomplish. I mean, some balls have got to drop. <laughs> Some, some there, there is going to be a time and a place where we have to be okay with certain balls dropping. I'm actually <laughs> laughing at myself the way that sounds, but you get it. You know what I'm saying? But it is incredibly freeing when we can allow ourselves the grace and permission that we don't have to have it all together at all times. But really the key comes down to using discernment to actually figure out what are the balls that we can't drop. Now I'm just screwed. Now I've just I chose the wrong analogy. Oh man. But we have to choose uh, what are we not willing to let go of or to sacrifice or F up on? Like there's certain things, like I mentioned earlier, my family being dad is is number one to me and being a, a new husband. And so when it comes to the importance and the time sensitivity of things with the importance, I'm really looking at in this phase of life. So in this phase of your life, what phase are you in? Uh, what roles do you have? And what responsibilities do you have? Looking at those and really determining what is most important to you. I just mentioned that uh, being a father is number one for me. And so what I do work-wise, while I love what I do, it is to serve me being able to be home and be a present father for Luca. Now, that being said, that level of discernment is really important because it helps me clarify certain things that are my hell yeses and my hell noes in life. Now, one of the things, my nature 
I mean, since childhood probably has been to be a people pleaser, to have weak boundaries. So having an understanding of what phase I'm in, what role, what are the key, key, key top responsibilities that are most important to me has clarified so much and makes it so much easier in terms of what am I going to say yes to? What traveling engagements? What work opportunities? What nights out? When am I going to be back? When am I going to start work? When am I going to stop work? All of those things. Having that clarity really, really, really helps. And it allows me to let go of those other balls that don't necessarily I need to be holding all at the same time. The next thing in the importance column or the importance category is evaluating where is the greatest pain right now that we are uh, experiencing. So what is the greatest pain point that you're having right now? Because that very well may be the one thing. And this is all getting down to when you're making decisions in terms of how to reduce this overwhelm, this, this feeling of overwhelm from a strategy standpoint. For me, it's getting very... Making sure you have the energy and the resources on board, of course. Then it's getting very clear on what is really most important to you right now. And we've talked about the phase of life, the roles, responsibilities, and or what is causing you the most pain. That if you solve that, or if you put time, attention, awareness, love, concentration to just solving just that one thing, man, it would have such a cascade of benefits in so many other areas. So where is the area in your life that is causing you the most pain? And then the third thing as it relates to the importance category is leverage. What is the one thing that if you did, how can you pull on the the biggest lever that would have, again, uh, a cascade of benefits in all areas of your life. So for example, let's just say um, maybe it's your vitality. Maybe your vitality is so low right now and you are so quick to the feeling and experiences of overwhelm that you realize, holy smokes, you're not even drinking any water. And so that just by drinking water, how much just clarity, vitality, energy, I mean, everything... I forget Paul Check mentions like there's, uh, I don't even know, like billions of reactions that happen in the body, every, chemical reactions that happen in the body every second, something like that. And don't quote me, but every single one of those are water dependent. And so the importance of water, water is alive. Water carries energy information. And so just by drinking good quality water and enough water for our body and our physiology to function, I mean, it can have a, a, an exponential positive effect on how we interact with ourselves, our relationships, our energy for work, all of those things. So getting clear on what is, what has the potential for the greatest leverage in your life. And so those three primary areas, the phase of life that you're in, the greatest pain, and what has the potential for the greatest leverage for me, all relate to doing an evaluation on what's most important to you right now. And then when you look at those things, you can also just check in with yourself and look at the time sensitivity of each of those things, right? What needs to happen right now? What needs to happen in the near future? Or actually, what's actually not even important and you can just cross off the list. Now, hopefully the importance column will give you some clarity on, again, what is really important. And the time sensitivity is going to give you just insight in what you need to tackle right now. That is something that I'm continually every single day reflecting on, refining, evaluating, and just seeing what are the results, what, what are the energy leaks in my life? What are the things that if I solve actually do promote? And, and what are the things that I actually think 
may have the highest leverage, but actually don't through my perceptions. I, you know, maybe there's certain things that I think of, whether it's in my schedule or meetings or opportunities, I think are going to really pay off, but then they actually don't. And a part of that is just the nature of the beast. But the important thing that we're actually training is that muscle of discernment, is that cognitive ability to filter and determine what is actually essential uh, in our life. There's a fantastic book called Essentialism, and it's the disciplined pursuit of less but better. And I think a big premise of that book is exactly what we're talking about. Maybe not in this way, but what is essential and how can we develop that level of discernment? So just this last weekend, I was co-facilitating a one-day men's event called Transforming the Inner Critic into the Inner Coach. And I'm still riding on a high from that. And it got me even more amped up, juiced up to get ready to lead the next men's event, which is the most immersive offering that I have. It is a four-day retreat out in Mount Shasta, California, and it will be happening June 8th through the 11th. If you're a man and this interests you, just go ahead and click the link in the show notes to find out more information. Now let's get back to the show. The next thing, number four, is going to really be once you've developed that level of discernment, once you have uh, at least the the energy, the resources on board, or at least where you need to focus on more of that, then we're going to go to who is either on your dream team on your team and or who can you delegate and or find support with on whatever task that you're trying to do or wherever you're feeling overwhelmed. Sometimes it's just calling a homie, calling a friend, you need to vent. And maybe it's just finding support in that way. Feel overwhelmed and you need to actually express it so that you don't just keep repressing and it keeps adding this pressure on top of your just whole system of physiology, making you heavy stuck. So sometimes just finding support and or with some combination of expressing that can be incredibly freeing and incredibly liberating. But also with a discernment piece, you can actually see, are there people on your team? Are there people in your life that you can delegate some stuff to and get some help with. You know, I imagine if you were really clear, really clear on what you needed and it was a reasonable request and it wasn't all the time and 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 out of nowhere, you know, if you called a, a really good friend or you have a spouse or a girlfriend or and you needed help, if you really needed help with something, there's no harm in asking. You know, especially if you've gone through what I'm saying, you've really you've really done some work to discern and sit with things. And if they can't help you, they can't help you. But at least you've you've gone through the process of seeing, is there anyone with the the expertise who can help me, who can hold maybe again, it might just be someone holding space for you. Maybe you don't even delegate any tasks to them, but it's just getting support if and where possible. If not, no worries, but at least you've considered that. For me personally, I try to do so many things on my own and thinking that this is just the, I think the a classic trap for many of us is we think nobody can do our job or we think we're the only ones that can do something. And that's just absolutely not true. And so once we can get out of our own way from that perspective, and we can actually start, again, identifying where we could use help and, and requesting it from the right person, if they are able to help us, oh my gosh. And that's actually something that uh, on my journey has been such a, a learning lesson for me. And it's been, especially in marriage, energizing the this idea and this energy of team. I've been a solo athlete most of my life. 
Um, an entrepreneur worked, you know, of course I worked for my family business for years, but by and large, I've worked a lot on my own and being especially in relationship, which I haven't been in too many in my life, being a part of a team is something that I knew was probably one of my weakest links. And I knew even before having Luca that that was an area that I really wanted to work on because I knew it was going to be absolutely a necessity when we had our, our son, but also in other areas, just forming a team. And a part of that is being open and honest with where we're at and sometimes asking for help. And that's okay. And in fact, that level of vulnerability and openness uh, can be an incredible catalyst for deeper levels of connection, and especially in an intimate relationship. Um, not saying, you know, hopefully it doesn't turn into a uh, like a uh, dysfunctional parenting relationship amongst partners, but if and when someone needs help, it it can be really beautiful and nice uh, when it comes from the right place, and the other person has the space or capacity and or the willingness to support uh, the other. So focusing on a team, delegating support, that is the theme of number four. Now, the fifth and final tip that I want to share, this is something that I got from a a coach and mentor of mine, Anthony Trucks. He was on... He was definitely on the first five episodes of The Path. That was a fantastic, fantastic episode. And we, we absolutely touch on this topic in a small way. But one of the things that he has shared with me was action dispels overwhelm. Action dispels overwhelm. And that has been so, so spot on and true for me. When I'm feeling really overwhelmed, soon as I start taking action, it's almost immediate. The sensation or the feeling of overwhelm starts to reduce and starts to dissipate. Now that's just me, but having again, conversations with others, Anthony Trucks being one, uh, Lauren and other again, colleagues and men out there, especially, uh, it's been pretty consistent. And what I would say is, the scarier that something is or the more weight something carries. Now, this is just my experience with it. So take it for what it's worth. But oftentimes, the more fear there is around something, sometimes the more bite-sized chunks the action steps need to be because it is just so scary. And oftentimes, as a byproduct, the, the secondary, the tertiary emotion can be overwhelmed. So the sooner that we can take action, even if it's a bite-sized chunk, so we that we can develop that win, acknowledge that win, move forward and actually create some forward movement and momentum in our life. Wow, it's been incredible, incredible how much that has helped. And when you go through these tips and these processes that I'm sharing here, so again, starting from the top, when you're in that moment, developing a deeper level of awareness that, holy shit, you're there. And then depending on your time and your space and your availability, breathing immediately in through your nose, elongating the exhales. If you can exit, going on a walk, getting outside, changing your space, your environment. So awareness, pausing and breath is uh, step number one. And then from there, as you're dealing with this as an overall theme in your life, increasing your vitality, which is going to increase your capacity, developing more fine-tuned discernment, getting support where and when needed and applicable. And then the last thing is actually taking action on the thing that you've now truly identified is the thing that will give you the greatest yield. All of those things have been, and I imagine, or I hope for you, they can all relate and all uh, be of benefit. Because essentially, I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to almost like recalibrate the nervous system by a lot of these things. You know, oftentimes when we experience a stressful event or we get triggered or uh, there's something that happens, we are interpreting that situation or that event through our perceptions. 
Uh, and our perceptions are largely based on our belief structures. You know, I think one of the most recent podcasts that came out with Jason Olivier goes deep into belief structures. He's also one of my coaches. He discusses the Enneagram and we go deep in this topic. So I'm going to refer you to that episode because he does a far better job than I ever could in explaining this. However, this very topic is something that him and I have talked at length about multiple times. And when a triggering event happens or something happens, right, that we perceive to be stressful, which is based off our belief structures, oftentimes what happens next is we have a physiological response. So our breath rate might increase or our heart rate might increase or sweating might increase. And then what happens after that is we have a psychological response or psychological stress response. And that could be the overwhelm or confusion or any other um, you know, psychological uh, marker of stress there or experience there. And then after that, what happens is we end up coping with that, coping with that stress via a coping mechanism, which tends to be what we refer to as a 4F response. Now, I'm sure you've heard of at least most of these, if not all of them, but it's the flight, fight, freeze, or facade response. And then all of a sudden, when that happens, it just, you like rinse and repeat and it happens again in multiple other situations in life. And so if you follow that that process, one of the things that I would invite you to consider is, and I've given this exercise to the men at our Men of Movement Retreat, and we utilize this with the Enneagram assessment that Jason has co-developed. Um, but I want to share this here because it, it, it can be incredibly valuable, whether you've taken the Enneagram or not, just this concept of the four Fs and how we, we cope with stress. And I, I promise you this will all relate to, uh, to overwhelm. So when we experience and we, and we try to cope with stress, now, what I would ask you or invite you to do is just to consider and reflect on, take, for example, your mom, your dad, and one other significant relationship in your life, especially one if it holds a, an emotional charge right now. So like, I don't know, a partner or a business, uh, an intimate partner or a business partner, but pick three. And what I would ask you to do is to reflect on when you are stressed of those four uh, flight responses. So like escaping, avoiding, leaving the situation. Those are all flight responses. Fight, so engaging, arguing, being combative, being the challenger, for example. Those are just some brief examples of fight responses. You have freeze responses. So that might be, especially in the case of overwhelm, I know that's how I respond or react to it. Uh, it's literally freezing, like completely like deer in a headlights, shutting down internally and or numbing out. Those are examples of freeze responses. And then the last one is facade. So you could think about putting on a mask or positive spinning, you know, oh, it's no big thing or, uh, you know, finding the blessings and everything. Uh, so putting on a facade that everything's okay when actually it's not. What I would ask you to do or invite you to do is with three relationships in your life, your relationship to your mother, your father, or whoever was those figures for you in your life. If you don't, let's say, have a biological you know, father around or mother around, but who, who served those roles for you, if anybody, and then choose another important relationship, especially if it holds an emotional charge. And what I would ask you to do is reflect on in each of those, if you were to number it one through four, what is the primary way that you cope and either react or respond to stress when in those relationships? Do you flight first? Do you uh, freeze first? Do you facade first? What do you do? And then 
put it rank and rate it in order and then do the same thing for your relationship with with your dad or your father figure and then do the same thing for your third relationship and what i would imagine you would happen in this cuz this has just happened to me and then it's also happened to other people that i've taken this through is what's oftentimes surprising and feel free to even pause the podcast if you want to go through that exercise real quick um but one of the things that's always surprised me is oftentimes how we or I respond or react to stress in any of those given relationships may be different based off of the person, which is also just a really interesting thing. So just note that what is your primary reaction or response to stress in those relationships. And then also just reflect as a whole. If you were to reflect on your life as a whole, and those are three examples right there that you've just gone through, then actually reflect on overall, what is your normal strategy for responding and or reacting to stress of those four rate and rank. Then you'll have a really good idea. And these uh, reactions to stress or overwhelm or whatever will be more palatable, right? You'll be able to touch them at a, at a, at a, at a deeper level. Once you have an understanding of that, then in the future, and everything that I've shared in today's episode will relate to uh, especially ways that you can support yourself in managing when things come up. But really, you know, the next time that an event comes up or that you get triggered or you feel, you know, uh, these these stress sensations coming up, you know, the first thing is, as we mentioned earlier, to develop an awareness. And if you have an idea of what are the belief structures that are actually driving that, that can be incredibly helpful. And I'll give a plug to Jason's uh, inner compass Enneagram assessment because that can really, really, really give some incredible insights to what is actually driving what's underneath the overwhelm. Overwhelm is, uh, if I recall, it's a tertiary emotion. There's secondary emotions, which are like what's underneath the overwhelm could be anger, sadness, guilt. Those are typically secondary emotions. Uh, and then the primary two negative emotions, at least negative from my understanding are fear and shame. And so what an assessment like that does is it helps you identify what's actually beneath that. Okay, let's pull back that there. What's underneath that? And what's underneath that? And you can really start getting to the root of what's actually driving things. But once you have an understanding, or at least you just develop an awareness of, of what in the F is going on in your life right now and why you're feeling triggered, uh, then you can do, you can observe more as a witness and of course still experience maybe your heart rate elevates maybe you're sweating maybe your breath rate elevates okay now you're feeling you notice you're feeling overwhelmed okay now holy smokes you're in a freeze response what can you do to help yourself navigate out and that will go back to what i shared in the very beginning of this podcast is when you're in that moment have the awareness pause breathe and then, of course, if you can change your environment to help change your state, it can help and do wonders for you. Now, there's other things that that can be helpful, but that's just a very practical one. That's a very simple one. Uh, you can do wherever you are, and it's just nasal breathing, elongating that exhales, and if you can, getting a pause. So over time, the practice of this, and then over time, the practice of increasing your vitality to increase your capacity, developing a deeper level of discernment, getting support and or delegating where you can, and then of course, taking action. Action dispels overwhelm. Now you've really got some tools and some strategies at your disposal. And the last thing that I wanted to share before we close off is sometimes it can be really, really helpful to develop or have an understanding of some benchmarks. Benchmarks to better 
assess progress and or lack of progress, I guess you could say. But there's three primary ones. You can really check in with yourself on when these feelings come up and we've used overwhelm today. When the feeling, for example, of overwhelm, or if you want to substitute that with something else come up, comes up, first and foremost, what is the intensity that that feeling is, is coming up? So if you were to create a scale of one to 10, uh, let's just say one, I don't notice the overwhelm whatsoever. 10 being like, holy shit, I'm about to lose my mind and have a breakdown. Okay. So two, two vast extremes. See where you are on a scale of one to 10 in that moment. So what is the intensity of it? The second thing is, what is the duration of it? How long is it lasting? Is it lasting two minutes, five minutes? Is it lasting a week? These feelings of overwhelm just keep coming. It's just this never-ending thing that you cannot get out of. What is the duration of it? And then the frequency is, how often does this thing arise? Does it arise once a week, once a month, three times a week? And with those things, the intensity, duration, and frequency, you can start developing better awareness on how you're managing things and, and where you're at and, and just have your finger on the pulse a little bit more and, and track your progress, especially if you utilize a lot of the things, whether it's one thing, two things, three things, four things, whatever that I mentioned here that you found resonated most with you. I mean, just practicing that, that discernment or any one of those things can truly do wonders for what we're discussing here. From the bottom of my heart, I truly hope uh, this podcast was uh, supportive to you. This again is something that I'm working out as we speak, being a new dad, and I am no stranger to the feelings of overwhelm. And uh, these are all things that I am currently practicing, refining, meditating on, of course, asking others for advice and having this podcast has been an incredible, incredible way for me to learn from others um, that I admire and that I respect. And going back to the intention for this show is to have you learn alongside me. So I hope you got some benefit. And uh, I just want to give a plug for if you are a man out there and this resonated with you, this is work that we do at the Men of Movement Retreats, especially giving men an opportunity through a safe container, through a container of brotherhood to engage with challenge, discomfort, chaos through different experiences and different activities, whether it's being technology free for four days, whether it's a sweat lodge, whether it's an ice bath, whether it's you know just uh, witnessing another brother having an emotional response or release, or you experiencing one yourself, for example, in somatic breath work. There's a whole series of activities, each one that builds on the prior one to create deeper levels of opening and connection and safety so we can really meet our edges and we can really get to know ourselves at a much deeper level so that hopefully we can increase our capacity, but not just our capacity to handle more in the world, but that I think can be really valuable, handle more responsibility and, and increase our levels of, of maturity, et cetera, but really uh, expand the capacity of our heart expand the capacity in which we love ourselves and love those people in our life, our dream team, that we love the world by developing a deeper level of inner resource, by uh, improving our relationship and looking and feeling into our relationship with things like overwhelm as just an example that we went over today. I mean, the, the, the trickle effect in 
and what it can do for the people that we love, the life that we live, and the legacy that we want to leave behind. I've really found it in my life and witnessing the men go through these transformations. It's it's truly, truly been one of the most heartwarming and beautiful things that I've gotten the, the pleasure of witnessing and being a part of. So um, the next Men of Movement retreat is happening June 8th through the 11th. We run it out in Mount Shasta, California, and it will be four days. It is the most immersive offering that I have. It is a small container. I bring in five incredible assistant facilitators, all who have skill sets far beyond and in different ways than myself. And it's truly an environment of collaboration and of brotherhood. And so if you're interested, I would love to hop on a call with you. You know, these calls are, are truly, um, there's an opportunity to receive coaching with me on them because I really want to understand and start peeling back the layers of the onion of what's really coming up in your life that you're feeling overwhelmed, stuck or struggling with. And if there are insights with your permission on the call, I will absolutely offer them and or um, you know ask you some some questions so that you can come to better clarity and and really develop the answers for yourself. That's always what's most important to me and what I find most valuable for people. So uh, we will hop on a call and I can certainly share more about the retreat. Hit me up. Would love to chat more. And once again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you got a lot out of today's show. This was super fun for me and I'm wishing you all a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. Ciao. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast on Apple and leave a review. It means a lot. We all have a path and I'd love to hear how this podcast has inspired you in some way to live yours. 